Listening to a Radiligen Broadcasting Premier Podcast TV party tonight. And I'm your host, the mandated reporter, and frankly, I'm mortified, Mr. Mark Radilich. And tonight, our favorite show is All Elite Wrestling Double or Nothing 2022. Double or Nothing was the fourth annual Double or Nothing professional wrestling pay per view event produced by All Elite wrestling it took place during memorial day weekend on may 29th 2022 at the t-mobile arena where the boxing happens on the las vegas strip in paradise nevada it was headlined by cm punk versus cowboy shit hangman adam page for the aew world championship and there were other matches as well which we'll talk about i am not alone by gatry I am You're frozen, Marcus. Oh. Marcus froze. <laughs> you have frozen we're, in we time. We froze there for a moment. So suddenly Elsa came in and she let it go. I think we're good now. Go ahead, Neil. What's up? Hi there. I'm Neil from Movies That Don't Suck and Some Podcasts and a huge wrestling fan for, I don't know, what, 542 years at this point. <laughs> <laughs> and those are in dwarf years. <laughs> um, he's been on Neil's been on a couple of times now to talk some AEW with us. So we're happy to have him back. And of course, my brother from another mother, ladies and gentlemen from our Canadian office, Chris Bailey. Chris Bailey. Chris Bailey. How do you do? How do you do? How do you do? Well, I'm super excited to talk about this show. It literally ended about five minutes ago. So, uh, you know, we're, uh, <laughs> we're really, really getting ready. It started on Sunday, guys, it's, uh, you know, to uh, break the fourth wall. It is now Wednesday, and CM Punk just won that belt. Super excited <laughs> to talk about that. Yeah, that 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 12-hour Iron Man match between <laughs> Wheeler Yuta and Joey Janela was crazy. Oh. <laughs> I don't understand. It was. Oh my god! I just actually uh, during WrestleMania weekend, he they, mm-hmm. they they have a match. What was called the um, clusterfuck match? Where I I want we re- so real quick. I'm gonna let you continue what you were saying, but we reviewed that. So my my uh, my one of my wrestling buddies, Harry Broadhurst. Um, we we call ourselves the Indieciders. Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, we once a month or so we will do we'll do two independent wrestling shows within the past like six weeks that have happened. So we've done House of Glory when Will Osprey wrestled, um, Amazing Red. We've done the Return of XPW. We did GCW on the World. We did a No Holds Barred show. We've covered the entire collective, but we paid special attention to Joey Janela. We did we dedicated an entire episode to Joey Janela's Spring Break. That clusterfuck nearly broke us. Okay. Oh my! It's, I was there. Holy cow, dude! I watched that with a friend. She, my friend of mine came over to watch it with me, and by the end of it, we were both like, "I don't ever want to watch wrestling anymore." Like, yeah, it, it was, was like so bad. We, we, I can't remember when it started. It was after one of the wrestling events, and it, was it started five show. years ago. Yeah, and it literally was like three thirty in the morning, <laughs> and we were like, me and my friend were just like, "I am really tired," and I was like, "I need coffee just to get back to that Airbnb." Man. I was gonna <laughs> like, say that that is a that is an event 
Like, if you sat live through the entire clusterfuck, you needed cocaine to get through it. There was no way. <laughs> there was no way you couldn't get through that show without illicit substances. It, it, it was crazy. Ouch. It was a crazy show. Yeah. That, that it, is a rave review if I ever heard one right there. Oh, you should have heard me and Harry talk about it at the time. Like, you ever oh see two people just, like, emotionally give up on life? That was me and Harry as we were talking about the clusterfuck. Because the rest of Joe, look, Effie versus Death Grandpa, Suzuki, was the shit, yo. It was so good. There's, there are elements of Joey Janela's spring break that were just the tits. Yeah, and then there nice. was that clusterfuck, and it was like, I need to go walk into the woods to live deliberately. Um, <laughs> so, all right, so let's get, let's talk about the, the show at hand here. Uh, AEW double or nothing. Neil, before we jump into this, just real quick, what were you looking forward to here? What were, what were the matches you were anticipating? What are some of the angles that you were really biting into and wanted to see play out on this show? Because I'm going to tell you the answer. My answer is none of them. Uh, I haven't watched AEW in like months. So I tune like, I tune in to do these shows. So I watched revolution and like, if it wasn't for, and credit where credit's due, they've really gotten better about presenting good package. Their mm -hmm. package is enormous. Yeah. And it's just fantastic. It, it, um, it's, it's John Holmes size. Yeah, it's just amazing. Just a, an, <laughs> AEW puts together an amazing throbbing package that I you, enjoy. You, you put this show on just to say those words, Mark. Admit it. <laughs> <laughs> you know me so well. Oh, yes. Uh, so because I, I'm able to follow the package and, you know, and get you up to date with everything else like, like it should. I don't feel it necessary to watch AEW Weekly, and I don't have the time anymore. But you you are watching so religiously. What were you looking forward to? Uh, well, there are several that I was actually really looking for. One, I was looking for Danhausen because Danhausen is Danhausen. Danhausen. I, I met him at a I met him at Wrestle at WrestleCon during WrestleMania week, and mm -hmm. guy was just the nicest dude in the world. I, and I, I, I just couldn't wait. I've heard he's like like really personable just an all-around good dude like genuinely nice fella and yeah. stuck in character permanently which is yeah great. <laughs> forever like like i walk up to him he's like oh hello and i was like okay yes. <laughs> have you have you heard his cameo like they've played a bunch of his cameos on the jim Cornette show no oh my god this is this stuff of pure comedy it's so great like yeah, he'll he, like People are like sending him in questions, like serious questions, and he's answering them as Dan Housen. It's so good. Yes. Oh, he as it he should be. Think. He's kayfabe back back from the dead. It's great. Yeah, I, I love his character. Um, but one I was looking forward to, and maybe the whole movie theater that I was at was looking forward to, was the MJF versus Warlord because nobody knew if MJF was going to show up after everything going on. We're going to their... start the conversation with that, so we'll come back yeah. to it. But yes. Um. Then of course, um, I am a huge huge fan of uh samoa joe so samoa mm -hmm. joe versus adam cole was one that i was like oh dude that's gonna be awesome but then i saw that Britt baker was going against ruby soho and i was like okay if one wins the other's gonna win and right. it's gonna be couples yeah. together i already knew sure. that and then yeah, of that, course, that the, literally did take the air out of the tires I, they, I they, they needed to set that up for like a kiss cam <laughs> just a heart around them <laughs> Uh, anything with Jericho, the Jericho Appreciation Society. I love Jericho because he's just like he—he's the Madonna of freaking wrestling. I mean, he changes himself every couple of months, and the wizard gimmick is just ridiculous to me. And of course, being a guy from Chicago, CM Punk being in the championship match. I mean, I saw that guy for five dollars at the VFW back in like 2001 you know right. like so to see him and now 
I've seen him win three different titles where I've been at, where I've, I saw him win a uh, ring of honor. I saw him win the world heavyweight title. And now I got to see him, you know, on pay-per-view, I got to see the AEW title. So that was awesome. Were you there in time again? Oh yeah. We're having issues tonight. Yep. I'm here. I'm here. Okay. Were you there? Were you there at Money in the Bank when he beat John Cena, or when he cashed in the Money in the Bank that he had won yes. at a previous? Yes, I company? was at the Money in the Bank with John Ooh. Cena. Nice. I was oh, there, because, dude. Yeah, that, that was that was like uh, like literally. Uh, I think that's what caused my first divorce. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, I'm going to that match. You're Tell not me more. No, no, no. Actually, I don't even think I was married. I think I was way past divorce then. Why, no, why, I, uh, why are women can't understand us and why we need to see big, meaty men slapping meat and winning titles? I'll never understand. Oh, man. To this day, I'm still chanting the, you know, the oh, 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 oh from Pat McAfee at uh, WrestleMania. <laughs> so. All right. Let's talk about MJF, Chris Bailey. So, yes. Um, you're my reporter on the scene. You've got the scoop. You're ear to the ground, so to speak. What was going on with MJF in the lead up to this? The impression I was getting was that, like, he was, I guess his contract is ending and he was trying to, like, renegotiate. There's been scuttlebutt that he would jump over to the WWE. So fill me in and, and give me the scoop. His contract is not up for another little while yet. However, his... Uh, the word is that he's unhappy with his creative push as of right now and his contractual... He's seeing pe- Basically, he's seeing people walk in the door at a higher pay scale. This guy is, uh, you know, a little bit down the street when it comes to pay, but yet, you know, uh, offers a big pack to the punch when it comes to, you know, his presence on screen. So, you know, there's a little bit of dispute of, you know, what's my value here with the company? Uh, when it comes to that. And plus, you know, he says he wasn't happy with creative. There's all kinds of rumors going around, Mark. What's Mm. legit and what's actually happening are two separate things. I think we have a character in MJF who's playing these cards. And, you know, to me, there's there's a good sense of kayfabe in all of this, to be quite honest with you. Because, you know, uh, everybody was fooled into the reports. Oh, MJF is, you know, he's not at the arena. You know, you had Dave Meltzer reporting and Brian Alvarez. And, you know, MJF, we don't know if he's going to show up. He missed the plane. Well, by God, he was Jennifer Aniston on Friends. And I got off the plane. And he made it. He made, <laughs> he made it. Which, yeah, which, uh, which was of no surprise. They were saying that, oh my God, they removed the video package of MJF and Wardlow. They didn't. But there was all kinds of different rumors that were playing out. And they started the show with it, with molten heat. And boy, did they play into it because they had a squash. Now, what, ha- what typically happens, and I'll throw this to Neil. Neil, if you're a guy who's complaining about your contract, you're wanting to go elsewhere, what does a promotion typically do back in the day with you? Uh, you walk through the curtain after your show if you're on a Vince McMahon show because he always wants to make sure the, sh- the match happens, whatever he advertises. And as soon as you walk that curtain, he goes, Ultimate Warrior, you are fired. You are fired. What do they do with you on screen? Are, are you victorious oh, you, over Wardlow? You're, getting buried. you're, get you're buried getting buried hard. And um, here I really – man, I don't know if it is – I mean, he did miss a fanfare or fan fest on that Saturday. And that's good money. I know how much money those guys make from something like yeah. that. I mean, you're talking like an easy 20 to 40 grand easily for one of those shows that they do. And 
Uh, so man, I don't know what's going on with him backstage because by any means, I don't I don't work backstage. But no, me neither. I hope they figure it out because one, I don't want MJF to go to WWE because no, not that he not will at this get point. lost in the shuffle. He will get lost in the shuffle, and they will play him down like they do anybody that they get from anywhere. And that's not a homebred NXT whatever call up, which they buried them too. I don't know why they Oof. make that such a big point about stuff. But um, MJF versus CM Punk for the title in like a month or two. That's what I want. I want that program because they did that dog collar match, which uh, me being a huge Roddy Roddy Piper fan, I love the dog collar match. Yeah, that was great. And that was just probably, I would put it toe-to-toe with the Greg Valentine Roddy Roddy Piper match. So, Well, M- MJ- MJF is really playing into the Roddy Piper thing. I mean, he's even doing the, if you watched Roddy Piper early 80s, especially during WrestleMania era, he comes up, he goes down to one knee, he throws up, you know, uh, the yeah. I love you symbol and all that stuff. You know, he's mocking Jimmy Snuka. He's do- He's playing hard into the Roddy Piper angle here right now, and it's working on all angles, and I think... Uh, I think they needed to propel Wardlow. And a lot of companies, they always do this 50-50 push. You know what I mean? One guy wins one week, the other guy wins the next week. It's good if you're trying to build somebody, let them win. For Christ's sakes, let them win. Let them have a reason why they're being pushed, and this worked. Let me jump in here, because I 100% agree with the Wardlow thing. We're going to talk about it in a minute for what it was. But I want to address the MJF not doing the FanFest thing. Chris, um, I want you to think about this because I don't have a name ready and Pat Mullen's not here to like give me a list of names. But you're, I'm going to start to say it and you're going to be like, I know what you're talking about. There are wrestlers who will absolutely do weirdo, unprofessional stuff, but they're doing it on purpose. And they're doing oh, yeah. it on purpose to create the illusion of <laughs> reality. They're doing it on purpose to create the illusion of reality so that you, the fan, will think, Oh my God, is Bret Hart leaving the WWE? Is he jumping to WCW in 1996? Holy cow. Things like that. So they will. So it's, it's, Neil made a point of why would you not show up to a fan fest? There's money to be had there because, you know, that sounds like you're cutting off your nose to spite your face. But what if you can create even more heat? What if it's like a Brian Pillman situation where you can create more heat and more controversy and up your value? By doing stuff like that, that comes across as real, that there's no rational explanation for, but you are thinking in four dimensions on a chessboard, you know, you're three and four steps ahead of everybody else. And so there's a part of me, you know, I was listening back to one of my old TikToks and Robert Winfrey goes, I still think that Will Smith slapping Chris Rock was a work. There's a part of me. I don't like to be that guy. I don't like to be everybody. Everything's a work. The Montreal Screwjob was a work. The moon landing is a work. JFK, it's a work. You know, this life, it's a work. Um, we're all in the Matrix. I don't like to be that guy. But this feels strongly like MJF, student of wrestling history, looked around and goes, Brian Pillman. And that's why he didn't show up to the Fan Fest. Because when I, I, th- when I read, I think, when I, I when think I read back at Meltzer's when I read back yeah. at Meltzer's report that like he showed up in the ta-da nick of time and was ushered right to the ring and then as soon as it was over right back again and you look at that match we'll talk about it now once you once you respond to what i'm saying we can get right into the match but if you look at that match he did everything right he 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 pulled down his pants and let wardlow have his way with him and just was like yep yeah yeah 10 10 
Oh, dude, when, when it got past four, I was chanting. I was trying to get the whole movie theater I was at. I was like, ten! Make it ten! I want ten of them! And he went the whole ten, and I was like, yeah! He, I feel um, like I accomplished something at a movie theater. He, he, got, uh, he got up. This was not Shawn Michaels, Steve Austin, WrestleMania 14. The, he got up for everything Wardlow was going to do. And he was like, you want to do this? Right, I'm going to be there for you. You want to do that? I'm going to be there for you. He looked dead by the end of yep. it. Like, you really did believe that Wardlow, almost to the point that, like, Wardlow stopped taking it seriously. He was just like, I'm just going to throw him around. Who cares? Yeah. It's like, yeah. I'm having fun here. Like, for the first time in, like, five years being AEW, Wardlow had a nice night. Um, right. It was kind of fun to see him. So that's so I'm going to let, let you jump in now. But that's my thought on this, is that MJF knew exactly what he was doing, and it was purposeful. It was purposeful. And you know what? The the fact that they actually push somebody correctly for once you're trying to build somebody ultimate warrior remember when they built the ultimate warriors honky tonk man's in the middle of Seven SummerSlam seconds. 88 you know <laughs> yeah. what i mean uh he's calling everybody out in that dressing room of course the music hits and all of a sudden the warrior comes down crushes his ass instant star megastar same deal here and it was perfect i i, I literally don't have anything to say neil hit it man um it the thing that, that that really um I think uh, sells the point that you, that it might be a work is uh, the after the show uh, press conference with uh, Tony Khan. The scrum. Uh, yeah, he sat down and and a reporter right away is like, "Well, I'm just going to ask the question. We all want to know what's going on with MJF." He goes, uh, "I will comment on anything else but MJF. I have plenty of stuff I will comment on about this pay per view, but I will not comment on. There's no comment on MJF at this time." And I'm just like, oh, he knew exactly what he was going to say before he yep. even went out there about that. And yeah. he was very calm and cool about it. It wasn't like, it, it was a little, guy. You know, it was like, a little, yeah, it was a little hostage letter. You know, it was a little, you know, there's a guy just slightly off camera with a machete and a machine gun. Like, and we have no idea what's happening with MJF. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, all right, so real quick, uh, Wardlow beat the living hell out of MJF with total squash uh, at seven minutes and thirty seconds. Look, this, the art of the squash, yeah, uh, Neil. It, it, it is something that it's not easily done. It seems easy because like squashes are just what they are. It's just you doing a whole bunch of moves to a guy. Squashes done wrong look like crap. Squashes done right are mwah, perfect. And I'll tell you, other than Wardlow looked a little too happy at times, looked a little too goofy. And, I'll, and I'm going to allow it. Judge Rattledge will allow Goofy Wardlow because Wardlow has spent the better part of his AEW career looking like stern big guy. It was, it, it kind of reminded me of Vince McMahon telling Chris Benoit to smile because sometimes a smile is all the personality you need. And for the first time, Wardlow looked like a human being, not just, you know, big goon. So uh, everything about this match is a 10 for me. Your thoughts, Neil? Uh, definitely. I, I, um, the only time, like the, the whole match, I think there's one power bomb where I was like, Ooh, I don't think he did that quite right. I think someone got a little <laughs> too, too overzealous there. But, um, besides that, yeah, it was complete squash. Uh, the people, I mean, I was in a, a movie theater that was pretty much sold out watching this, uh, mm. at an AMC theater. And like, literally we were all for, there was not anybody in there that was upset. And I do have to make one comment though. How is MJF a really rich guy, but always wears the same scarf for the last two years? Shouldn't he Everyone. have like new scarves? Like, shouldn't he be buying new things? 
Let's anyway, signature. It's it's the Doctor Who. I I know. I, I get the Doctor. Sometimes but, uh, we have to hold on to our treasured belongings. It's not always about replacing it with something new. Blink, yeah. blink, blink. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no um, kayfabe there, everybody. Yeah, by, by any means, this match did exactly what it needed to do. Warload needs to be pushed to me because the the problem with AEW is they don't know how to uh, handle big guys. Right. Like, there's not really a lot of they, big guys. They treat big guys like they treat everybody, like they're Rey Mysterio Jr. And it's like, no, yeah. oh. <laughs> not everybody needs to be doing flippy dudes. Chris Bailey, give me 50 words or less uh, on MJF Wardlow, and then we got then we got a send hook. Yeah. Oh, oh boy. Uh, really, really, really strong, man. Uh, really, really strong. You're trying to push a, a brand new star in Wardlow. Mission accomplished, and the MJF mystery continues. So, all, right. all the way so, around to win. So, um. Before we went to a burlesque show last weekend, uh, the friend that whose birthday we were celebrating sends us a text message, and she was like, and I can't remember what the original message was supposed to be, but she was like, something hook? And so in my brain, my adult ADHD crazy manic brain, I was like, send hook! At which point I sent her about 100 million pictures of hook, and she was like, I don't understand what's happening here. You know, including like the t-shirt that says send hook, everything. I sent her all the hook. Um, you think you didn't to... send her the Robin Williams movie? No. Um, and that'll teach her to misspell shit you know, me. Quick, quick <laughs> in, intro right here. Um, winter is coming. I went down to Garland, Texas yeah. for that. And mm-hmm. Hook was just starting. And I was trying to get the Hook chant started from the Hook movie. You know, Hook, nice. Hook, there's the Hook. Nobody. Not <laughs> Nobody. anybody got it. I felt <laughs> like, Look, you 90-year-old man. You can't relate <laughs> to the children that way. They don't know the movie. So, real quick. So I send her all of these pictures of Hook, and she's like, I don't understand who this naked man you're sending me is. Who is this child? And I'm like, he's a professional wrestler. It's Taz's son. And then I sent her a picture of Taz. And she, baby wrestler? That turned into Dan Housen and Hook versus uh, Tony Neeson, Mark Sterling. Real quick, one of my, uh, Pat Mullen. You know Pat Mullen, uh, Chris. Pat Mullen says, why can't we get another Hoss? To pair up with Tony Nisa, we have power and glory 2022. And I think Pat Mullen's wow. on something. Ooh, boy. Like, that would be excellent, you, actually. I think we should get Paro. Good old uh, Paro from, you know, from GCW and the independent scene. You know Paro. I've told you about Paro. Let's get yeah, Paro and Tony Nisa together. Huh? Man. You don't know Paro? I don't know Paro. Oh, my God. Send him a picture. Yeah. I, I know Pyro. Yeah, I actually saw him at the WrestleMania week. Uh, how, I went great, to, how great uh, is Pyro? Yeah, right. He's really good. Uh, 100 give you uh, about that. WrestleMania week, I went to a total of 16 wrestling shows, a total of 68 plus hours of wrestling. So therefore, I saw all the wrestling that week. <laughs> <laughs> like every every kind of wrestling from hardcore to the big gay brunch to... Um, yep, there he is. There he is. Big yeah. meaty man slapping meat. Big, big really. man. Big man. Big, big oh, wow, dude. Meat. He does. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Let's get, let's get him hooked up with Tony Nese. Look at that. Look Yikes. at it. Look That's at him beast. in all his glory. That's right. Good old Paro. He has some um, dirt on his chest. A little bit. <laughs> ah, all right um so what'd you think uh chris what did you think of uh tony niece and mark sterling versus Dan Housen and uh little baby man fuck oh man this is exactly what the uh what the crowd wanted you know what i mean they're they're into the the hook housing gimmick uh mm-hmm. you know you had two purposeful workers in there who could uh who could bump to the stupidity 
and actually <laughs> sell Hook's offense. I mean, Hook is mm. uh, Hook can really move, man. He's he's got something in there, and once he gets a little bit of uh, WWE size, uh, he will be uh, he will be an absolute an absolute star. Well, he is a star here in this promotion, but uh, you know, my fear with Hook is that uh, you know. I think it was smart to team him up with Danhausen because I think that the the singles gimmick of everybody being afraid of, you know, the whole send hook thing has a limited shelf life. So you got to do something else. You got to have yeah. that backup plan. Yeah. Uh but I think you I think we do have a star here and I think you got something that the younger audience who we claim doesn't exist can actually cling to. So you know, he's the gamer, he's the the guy next door who kicks a bit of ass and you know you the th- the thing is when it comes to the fan base they want to see themselves or a part of themselves or something about themselves inside that ring and I think Hook has that. That's uh, I think it was a hundred percent brilliant point, Chris. I think the audience sees themselves in Hook, and Hook is a reflection of the audience cool. that's going to be with them for a while. Not old fuckers like us. I mean, like the twenty year old. Yes. Yeah. 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 I agree. Uh- uh, I don't think it's just that. He also looks like a character from Dragon Ball Z. Let's just be honest. You well, know, that, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like he, he, the... he, he, rela- well, he it, relates to a modern demographic that you want. Well, yes, it's funny exactly. you say that, Neil, because my, my my kids are big anime fans, and they, they like the Dragon Ball Z. And, like, my mm-hmm. son, who's not, like, a... ...anime arena... ...but... Yeah, uh, saw that hair and was like, "I'm in." That was it. That's all it took because he looked like a Dragon Ball Z character. It was something he could relate to because it's not the wrestling that keeps him; it's the character. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and me, like, uh, I like Danhausen really. Like, I wish they would show more of his entering talent. Maybe he's still, you know, coming back from that leg injury where he's mm-hmm. got a metal rod in his leg. But his entering ability is actually really good because I used to watch a lot of his stuff before he put on the makeup mm-hmm. and. Or not to make up the, the the you know not the little red that he puts underneath you know before mm-hmm. the tattooed face anyway uh, <laughs> so uh, uh, I wish they would show more of his ability but uh, yeah this was exactly what it needed to be Mark Sterling running around like uh, basically reminded me kind of like uh, Jimmy Hart back in the day when Jimmy Hart yeah. would be in a match you know where he's just like ah, I can't believe I me or Bobby mm-hmm. Heaton you know is the weasel or whatever. So I think it was great. I, I like the hook thing, to be honest. I've seen Hook twice now live, and every time the crowd is just hyped for him every yeah. time. So it's it's my birthday tomorrow. And if anyone wants to send me a birthday present, I will gladly take a two XL uh send hook t shirt. So <laughs> <laughs> check out my OnlyFans. All right. Now moving on to uh match number three. The Hardys versus the Young Bucks. The Hardys beat the Young Bucks in just about 20 minutes. Uh, I have to say, this was one of my favorite matches of the night. And Chris, I have been historically hard on uh, Young Buck matches. I, I, their their one with FTR was a big letdown. They've had some other ones where I was like, these are too long. It's the same. My God, their their ladder match with fucking Penta and the other fella um, that's in Death Triangle. Like they, they would just go on forever. They would kick out of everything. I was getting to a point where I really hated the Young Bucks, um, and not. For the reasons you're supposed to, I was hating them because their matches were all were were just all the same, but it was the same overbearing nonsense. Yes. And of as of late, because the young bucks are doing less of that and more of the we're just douchebags, and everything we're doing is douchebaggery. And we don't have to rely on all the uh, you know the Jim Cornette hating flippity do stuff. We're just gonna rely on douchebaggeriness. 
And there is where I have fallen back in love with the Young Bucks. I adored this match. The Hardy Boys are going to be dead within 10 years. Um, Jeff probably one of them Matt. anyway. Yep. Yeah, Jeff before Matt, but I don't think either one of them is making it to 60. They 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 were there for the Young Bucks, but they look rough. And to the point where it's like, you know, they would do the ladder matches in the WWE, then you wouldn't see the Hardys for a while because they were in traction. Yeah. Like they they did not have a the roughest night at the office with the young bucks, but it seemed like even that was too much for them. Uh, I'm um, gonna have to disagree a little bit on that one, but um, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. yeah, uh, Jeff's boot broke at the yes. beginning of the match, mm-hmm. and because of that, he couldn't get footing on that top rope the entire match perfectly. Okay. I wasn't he focusing just on that, but go ahead, but I'll let you finish. Yeah, um, but they were still like you could see that Matt was making up uh, Matt mm-hmm. Hardy, I should say. Hardy was Matt MH, I guess. MH was <laughs> making up for Jeff not being able to do certain spots. You could see that Matt Hardy was jumping in there in spots where you can see they were calling it on the fly, which that was awesome. That that's when you know you got a you know a thirty year old veteran in there. You know, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you don't and, think they you don't think they're down a step? You don't think they were kind of gassing and huffing to try to keep up with the young bucks? I think who Jeff, were not going full tilt, by the way. Yeah, I think Jeff and uh should not have done a match two weeks ago versus Darby Allen, where they yes. go into chairs and tables and then go do a pay-per-view match. I think they're they're going hard because I'm guessing maybe Jeff has a one-year contract. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to do as much as they can. Trying to before. kill the guy in one year. Yeah. Or Jeff's <laughs> probably trying to kill himself. I mean, let's just be honest. It's not like Jeff doesn't like to self-mutilate himself. Now, uh, it's just it's just the truth. Uh, I think the Young Bucks literally carried most of this match just because I think either Jeff was injured, that boot thing messed him up, or maybe Matt's just gassed because Matt's not got the best cardio in the world. So, I mean, that was what I was seeing, and I was kind of... I wanted more from this match, just because, you know, it's Jeff Hardy versus... I mean, it's the Hardys versus Young Bucks. I'll tell you, Chris, and you and I have talked about this a bunch, Young Bucks get their shit in early. Not just in the match, but the match itself. Like, they're usually second or first on. So you're not utterly exhausted eight hours later when the pay-per-view finally ends. And I think that might also be artificially, now that I think about it, artificially inflating my view of this match. It was early enough on in the night that I was like, this is great. So that by the time you got to some of the other matches, which I did not care for as much, that might have just been because of its placement on the card and not necessarily because of the quality of the match. What do you think? Do you guys remember Mick Foley falling off the top of the cage? Yes. Which time? He means hell in the cell. Come on. Hell, hell, hell in the cell. He, he falls off the cage. Everybody yeah, loves him. You know what I mean? King of the Ring 98, yeah. yeah. He sets himself up for a career where every single time he uh, is in a, a awkward position on top of a cage that everybody expects him to come off of that cage. This yeah. is the life that Jeff Hardy is living right now. <laughs> the, mm. the Young Bucks fought a different style match because they came into a dream match of mine. A dream match of mine. This is me being the Young Bucks. I'm yes, Young it. That I wanted to see. It's literally the <laughs> the Hardys of 1997 taking on their exact clones in 2022. Generation and me. What, generation <laughs> me. And they couldn't go. Mm-hmm. It was 
a pale shadow of themselves of what we got here with the Hardys. It was a real shame, uh, but I still enjoyed the match. It took the Young Bucks out of their comfort zone because they're so used to these fast-paced car crashes with the Lucha Brothers and FTR and people who know their stuff. So we got a different match, and I really, really like that about this. Yeah. And a lot of the stuff when, when guys miss moves and can't do moves, it almost brings an element of realism to the match, and it felt a little bit more authentic. I think okay. you had the Hardys who were clearly struggling in parts, especially Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy watches his brother kill himself, and he's in the ring doing this. he's been doing it for he's been doing it for years he's been living (laughs) oh he's been doing that for years and watching jeff kill himself but poor jeff (laughs) is to the point where he is a bag of stitches and bolts right now he's trying to hold it together (laughs) he's he's a bag of tiny pieces of chalk he is, and and his boot is falling off. The guy is, you know, he he's broken and shambles, and he's trying, man. He's trying his level best to find something to fall off, and uh, <laughs> you know, that, 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 you ever think like Jeff on. just kind of looks at Matt? It's like you and your stupid delete, and you damn. I just, yeah. I I gotta kill myself every night. Just, yes, just he's got he's over. got he's got he's got Mick Foley syndrome where nobody is happy until he's dead. Nobody nobody cares about happy Mick Foley. They all want to see him just throw that fat bum off the cage and I'm happy. That's all they want. And this is this is where Jeff Hardy is. Let me tell you something. When you when you see Mick Foley on a show, you let's be honest, you want to see him like die in tax. You you do you, you you don't want to see happy Mick Foley with his stupid Santa Claus beard. No one goes to a Mick Foley no, match for no, a technical no. masterpiece. It's always no. to see him dive headfirst no. into an ordinary drinking glass. Observe. And I want I want Jeff Hardy on the rafters, the girders of the arena, to do a swanton <laughs> bomb to his death. This is what I want. I'm yeah, kidding. I, I don't want Je- that. No, sure you do. Uh, essentially, <laughs> Jeff Hardy, Mick Foley, a lot of these guys are Daffy Duck in the devil costume, and they're like, yes. I know, I know, but I can only do it once. Uh, yes, I, uh, listen, I, 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 I think Hardy does need. I think they need to modify their style, maybe even change up the gimmick because they're literally back in their old hot topic gear. Mm-hmm. Like know, they right? literally, they broke it back out. And listen, they actually fit in that stuff. So God bless them. If you're if you're their well, age and you can fit into your hot topic gear, good for you guys. Keep playing it. You, you do know I, Matt Hardy is a seamstress, right? Oh, so he just he made, added he made, extra... he made all their gear back in the day. All their gear. An extra few panels. <laughs> <laughs> I, have lots of, I have lots of bolts of fabric. Um, all right, speaking of bolts of fabric, Jade Cargill arr, defeated Anna Jay by pinfall in 7 minutes, 25 seconds. Um, I'll tell you what. Jade Cargill, for me, is a body. She's a personality. She is. She's everything I want a woman's wrestler to be. She's a dreamboat. And then the bell rings, and I'm less interested. I'm she just... is. She is. She is somebody who just picture. You see Toy Story, where the you you have the um, the aliens in the bin where the claws coming down. The WWE yeah. is just going to go, whoop, and she's gone. Trust me. She is yeah. built for WWE. Oh, she yeah. totally is. She she's she's like attractive China, but yeah. I on the other hand, and hopefully without the mental illness. On on the other hand, she can't <laughs> she can't fucking work that well. I, she's getting better. No. She's she's better than she was like a year ago, but a, yeah. but better than totally awful is still not good. Yeah, hey, listen, listen, better. listen. If if you're on Dancing with the Stars, and you're 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 blessed with not a pro but a coat hanger, this is what you're going to get. <laughs> Anna J. Anna J. 
stumbles and fumbles her way all over that ring. And poor Jade Cargill, who's got, you know, a base level understanding of professional wrestling, is going to struggle against her. Her dance Wait partner was are, not are up to speed Jade as well. Is green? Green, <laughs> greener than goose shit, baby. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yes, which, is, which is amplified with your dance partner. Let's be, let's be fair. Well, yeah. Pat Mullen, um, I will speak for the trees, and the tree in this case is Pat Mullen, uh, has said that you have to put her with people like Serena Deeb. You have to put her yes. with Thunder Roses and Brick yeah. Bakers. You have mm -hmm. to put her with people that can not just can work crisp and clean, but understand the psychology because she needs all of it. She is essentially mm -hmm. hot black woman ultimate warrior. She needs to be yes. led by the nose. She needs an Arn Anderson in there to drag her around. Because when you put her with Andre the Giant, or you put her in there with Hercules, no offense to Pat's possible father-in-law, um, like it is, it doesn't go as well, you know. Like yeah. I, I'm drawing comparisons to the Ultimate Warrior because the Ultimate Warrior, and we have spent hours talking about his career, Pat and I. The mistake they made with the Ultimate Warriors, they did not put him with enough guys like Arn Anderson to lead him around. They put him with guys they thought they would, he would look good in the ring with. But those weren't people who either could work crisp or knew the psychology enough to drag him over the finish line. Like, if you look at his match at, you know, with Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania six, it's a really great example of how people who know what they're doing can come together and produce magic. It's a great match. Yeah. You know, if you're, you know, if you're looking for Benoit angle, no, but Hey snobs, sometimes that's not wrestling. Wrestling is magic. <laughs> <laughs> and correct. they put magic together and that's, and, and the magician in that match was Pat Patterson and the magician's assistant was Hulk Hogan. So yeah, the ultimate warrior looked awesome. That's what Jade Cargill needs. Jade Cargill needs a Pat Patterson and a Hulk Hogan until she's good enough to carry the ball herself. Anna Jay is not either of those two people. God right. bless it. God bless you. God bless her good looks. That's all I'll say. Yeah, and and the thing That's is too, like a lot of the yeah. AEW women from. And, and this is one of those matches that you could tell they just basically added it because they wanted a, the TBS championship to be defended. Like this is this was like this right. was a rampage match. This was a dynamite match. Sure. This was not. And Anna J could take a loss, and who gives a shit? Yeah, yeah. Right. She's, and, still, she's still running with the dark, with the dark order nerds, right? Yeah, sort of. They're sort of being phased out, but she, it's still okay. there. She's still doing the class. So. <laughs> that, there was a gimmick that was two years too long. No, no, like evil Uno, evil Uno has actually said that they're going to actually try to reamp and go towards the tag champions after Stu left and Anna Jay's probably out the door. Like, I mean, I would like to him to come back and have the little slave guys in that he used to sit on as a throne like he did when he first started. You want him, you want him to have slave, slave boys? Yeah, I want him to have his slave boys back. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly I'm interested in this gimmick. <laughs> evil, evil uno and a in a in just a group of slaves yeah that's what he used to do in uh canada before they brought it down to aw just all <laughs> just all leather pants and gimp masks i'm in dalton radlich we'll call you dalton radlich <laughs> um, we right, are not moving. your boys i'm just saying <laughs> moving on um probably the best workers match of the night i would say this was the most crisp most clean uh best worked match of anything on here House of Black, uh, featuring Malachi Black, Buddy Matthews, and Brody King. Oy, big meaty man slapping meat. 
versus the death triangle of Pac, Penta, Oscuro, and Ray Phoenix, um, which was 15 minutes and 35 seconds. Winners were the House of Black uh, with, an, with an assist by the lighting rig guy who was clearly in on it and was helping them out. Um, again, I just, in terms of like everybody was there for everyone's move, everyone got up for each other, uh, high pace. No one, there were no obvious botches that I could tell. I, I don't necessarily care about the stuff behind the scenes going on with this match or the the uh, the angle. I just was like, I I watched a really well worked match, Neil. I think it was I think it was the match of the night in terms of that. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, this is actually one of the highest rated uh, matches of the entire night all across the board, if you look at ratings and stuff like that. Uh, one, still mad at Malachi Black for changing his name. Um, I literally named my my dog's name is Alistair Blackwood because I named him after him. But anyway, um, man, this match is great. And um, um Gosh, dang it. I, I forgot his name for a second. Uh, da, 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 Malachi. Oh, Brody King. Brody King. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. Some of the stuff he was putting out there. There's a, there's a whole set that he did there that was just. Brother Man's got ups for a guy who's about eight feet tall and like, oh, you know, boy, big he does. Yeah. I was like, dude, did he just kill everybody twice? Like in a <laughs> row. <laughs> like, was... he, is, he is what you hope Braun Strowman would have been. He is un- unbelievable, oh, really. Yeah. We won't talk about Adam. Uh, but anyway. No, no. We, we don't talk about Adam. No, no, no. <laughs> you, you did not go to choose your narrative. Anyway. Let's, choose your nar- let's choose your narrative trash. Oh, my. Choose your narrative was like if you joined a hippie cult that was run by wrestlers. <laughs> <laughs> it oh, was like, this is boring and dumb as shit. Got it. Okay, yeah, cool. it was so, like, the only thing good about it was, like, you got to see wrestlers that you haven't seen in a while, like Eric Redbeard or Eric Rowan. <laughs> oh, like, Scotty Too Hot, he was there. I love EC3. He's so mad. Like, EC3, just just a spectacular-looking man. Just hot as yeah. shit, muscly. He was everything you'd want a wrestler to be. Garbage, trash, just not allowed to do oh. a damn thing outside of TNA. Kind of a douche, too. I met him, Is he really? I met him at WrestleCon. Yeah, okay. he's kind of a, it's all about me kind of thing. Oh, like, well, that might have been his problem. He he wasn't culty enough for the WWE. Uh, but anyway, um, yes. oh, man, but Pac, Pac and, uh, I mean, Penta is one of my favorites. I, I used to love Penta even back in Lucha Underground, mm-hmm. uh, back when he was starting off and still being green, and his brother Ray. Uh, they just played this match. Like, everybody just had it perfectly. And even the surprise at the end with uh, Julia Hart uh, doing everything, finally that paid off after, what, like three months, four months of that building yeah. up? So like, uh, man, I, I easily I, I've already watched this match twice since the pay per view. Go ahead, Chris. Chris, Bailey, I think they've thoughts. taken a paycheck away from Bray Wyatt. Oh, can you hear me? Yep, yeah. you're good. Keep going. Okay, I think they've taken a paycheck away from Bray Wyatt. Anyone who's interested in him coming back and reforming any semblance of a Wyatt family or a fiend. These guys are doing it ten times better, man. This uh, this House of Black is incredible. It's an incredible visual. It's exciting to see in the arena. The fans are hyped for it. Buddy Murphy. Mm. Anyone who's interested in casting a He-Man in a He-Man movie, <laughs> I have never seen a guy who's why would you like cast an action a, figure. 
why would you cast a He-Man that looks like He-Man when you can cast a He-Man that looks like Robert Pattinson? I mean, really? Oh my it's God! Stop! Stop! Listen, you you got a guy. They used they used to say there's no way you'd ever be able to bring this to screen. Look at Buddy mm-hmm. Matthews, Buddy yeah. Murphy, I should say. Holy crap, that guy is jacked to another level. I don't even understand. You got Brody King who is throwing his body around like a luchador, and then he's just got the power of the road warriors. He's got the total package. You got Malachi Black, who's living his Bray Wyatt life, man, as the leader of this cult. And then they they had the extra piece. Now, do you remember the Wyatt family used to tease Sister Abigail, and they never, yeah. ever pulled the trigger on that damn thing? They went ahead and did it. Now they don't have that angle anymore because the Julia Hart thing, now they've got mm-hmm. their Sister Abigail. They've got the whole package here. It looks great. It's phenomenal. Uh, I can't stand three six-man matches. I got to be honest with you. I'm just sick and tired of them in AEW. I loved every single minute of this one, and it was because of House of Black, and everybody did their part, and just I'm, I'm gushing over this one, guys. Super, super. All right. In the finale of the Men's Owen Hart Foundation Tournament Final, Adam Cole versus Samoa Joe in a oh, ring Oh, hold on. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> um, honestly, this was 12 minutes and 30 seconds on my kid's life. I couldn't tell you anything about it. Neil? Exactly. Oh, man, it should have been 10 times better. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm a huge fan of Samoa Joe. Well, I, uh, I get why they added the Bobby Fish angle or whatever. So Samoa Joe loses without being, you know, losing clean. I don't get that. Samoa Joe will take a loss all day long. He lost to Christopher Daniels back in the day. He lost to the amazing red. I saw the guy lose to a guy that was like 12 pounds heavy, you know, (laughs) what, you know, so, you know, I don't know why they did that. They could have just had Adam Cole beat him clean and it'd been great. But, um, uh, yeah, uh, I wanted this to be better. I wanted this to be AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe. You know, I wanted this to be Christopher Daniels versus Samoa Joe. I, I wanted more from this and, Everybody in the in the theater that I was at was literally just saying that Adam Cole looks like a guy with a dad bod, and uh, the whole time. And I'm just like, I don't know if Adam Cole's taking wrestling as serious as he used to. Like, I mean, maybe it's because like in WWE, you know, if you're not good, you're fired, you know, right. or you know, and or go to AEW with your friends and be protected for life, like a teacher with you know, fucking. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hey, what's the thing when you're a teacher and can't get fired? Tenure. Like a teacher with tenure. You tenure. know, that, 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 that's wrestlers in AEW now. It's like, I can just, I can fuck off and show movies. I don't have to teach multiplication. I, yeah. you know, I'm yeah. Adam Cole, baby. Well, he makes a lot of money on Twitch too, right? So, right. <laughs> but, that's, but that's my criticism. It's, I love Adam Cole. Like, I was pushing for him to go main roster against Roman Reigns. You know, mm-hmm. and there's these guys, these this one guy from Canada and this one guy from Arizona who bitched and laughed at me about it. But Neil, it's true. It's true. Adam Cole versus Adam Cole in the Undisputed Era versus uh Roman Reigns and his collection of DUI cousins. Um would have been would have been great. <laughs> 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 DUI cousins, I love that one. Uh, it would have it would have been the shit, but yeah. you know. But then he goes to AEW and, and he kind of looks around and goes, "I can do nothing for four years, and I'll get paid just the same." So fuck it. I mean, I'm gonna yeah. hang out with my girlfriend and my friends, and I'm gonna get paid, and I'll be on TV, and I'll wrestle some matches, and who gives a shit? And that's Adam Cole now. I, I just don't feel like that. I don't feel like that fire in his stomach is there anymore. I, I really no. don't. I, I but really that, that's not just like... us three cynical bastards. That's everybody I talk to, like different Definitely. groups of people with different likes and dislikes. 
have all said the same thing about Cole. He looks like he's given up. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah. Samoa Joe is an interesting case study here too. Let's 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 not forget about uh, Project Samoa Joe. If you've watched Dynamite, <laughs> you know that um, John Morrison is now in AEW. Oh, and he really? showed up as no. as Johnny Elite. No, Johnny Elite and AEW. You right. guys need to keep that all straight. All right. So when he was Johnny Nitro. He was originally, then it was Johnny Impact, then it was Johnny. You got to keep it Johnny Mundo. Johnny. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So he shows up on Dynamite. And guess who he's paired with? Samoa Joe, who ain't in best. Let me tell you something. And he doesn't sell for him, he doesn't bounce for him. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I think you muted him. You muted him. It, it automatically mutes. Unmute. Why is nothing Unmute working the guy. Me? What did he do I'm to you? Chris is making a good point. Oh, you almost had it. Go ahead and unmute yourself, Chris. There you go. Boy, oh boy. You talk about killing a point here. Anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so, Samoa Joe was having none of it and just squashed him. And I mean sent a message to him with that muscle buster. It was like, mm-hmm. dude, like... You know, don't don't patronize me. It's like Johnny right. Elite was falling all over the place. Same situation here. Samoa Joe was Don Plus to be in the ring here with sloppy Adam Cole, and he mm-hmm. gave him exactly what Cole was giving him. This this wasn't this wasn't good at all. It was just no. two guys who couldn't be bothered, and that's exactly my opinion right. of the match. I couldn't be I, bothered either. I want to take this moment to talk about this twelve hour pay per view that went on, um, and, <laughs> and I, I don't want to I don't want to talk about that specifically because. Chris and I, as many times as we've reviewed AEW events, have always complained about the length of these things. WWE 2. Three hours is the magic number. At three, be done. Three plus. I mean, if you want to do a fourth hour, like, pre-show to kind of, you know, know, on YouTube to build up pay-per-view buys, that's fine. But your your actual main card needs to be three hours and we're out of this. These four and five hour plus shows, it's too much. And... Here's the thing. There's no reason Adam Cole Samojo couldn't have been on Dynamite. Make right. that your main event. This exactly. didn't need to be on pay-per-view. And it gets and I think there's like total 13 matches. It's too much. And unless you're doing unless mm-hmm. you're WrestleMania 1 and you're doing 2 and 3 minute matches, there's no reason to do 13 when the, when your matches are 10 to 20 minutes long at a clip every single time. It's ridiculous. This and then the next match we're going to talk about both needed to be on Dynamite. There, I think not there's three matches all together, even though if it was mm-hmm. good or bad, either way. I think this, mm-hmm. the uh, the women's uh, Owen Hart Foundation, and Kyle O'Reilly versus yes. Derby Allen that was actually thrown in there. Uh, great. Yeah. They're all, they're, I know who they are. I know all their names, but man, that could have all been new, another Dynamites and stuff like that. I know he's trying to do as much as possible because he is a wrestling fan too, as well as being a mm-hmm. wrestling promoter. But man, Tony, back just, off, bro. <laughs> you don't need to put the entire roster on every show. Joey Janela and Sonny Kiss don't need to be on every single pay per view. They just don't. Like ha- the pay per view. If you remember back, you know us old fuckers remember back in the day. You got the best of the best on the pay per view. You got mm-hmm. yes six or seven solid good long matches and we were done right and we were done and everybody else sits home now it's like a participation you know it's like you know kids soccer not everybody in the goddamn roster has to be on the damn show not all Mm -hmm. your stars have to be on the show hey maybe save adam cole for something else not put him out there every single night the point where he clearly isn't taking care of himself anymore because he doesn't care 
Right. But it's also yeah. okay to go three minutes. It's okay to be mm-hmm. junkyard dog against Harley Race at WrestleMania three. It's it's okay right. to just yeah. do that. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Not everything and, needs to be a twenty minute spectacular. Yeah. It, it just I, I feel like that it's just being shoved too much on there. I mean, there's back in the nineties, there's there's pay per views at Stone Cold Steve Austin at the height of mm-hmm. the the Austin 316 wasn't on pay-per-views. Yeah. I mean, right. it it's you can spread these out. And I mean, I know they only got four or five pay-per-views a year, but like you could still just put them on dynamite, put them on the shows that people want to go see them on. I mean, yeah. people are gonna watch it, they want to watch it. And to really reinforce this point, Britt Baker took on Ruby Soho uh in the women's Owen Hart finale. Um, second verse, same as the first. This should have been on it was a well wrestled match, Britt Baker can work, Ruby Soho can work. Um, not pay per view quality, not pay per view caliber. Didn't need to be there. Can we just move on? Do we need to dissect this front any further? Oh, I'll cool, cool, ban- cool bands at the beginning. Uh, Ran- Rancid did the Ruby so- Ruby Soho. That's it. Yeah, when when that's the most exciting part of that match is is Rancid. Nine hundred year old Rancid came out to play Ruby Soho. Oh boy. It- and and Ruby Soho was caught in the uh, the WWE push where hey let's bring her in let's you know praise her up and never give her a win. Yep. Yes. It, it's I don't know just the point. Like I, I seriously think that the wrestling world just has something against Hoosiers. I think mean, that's just <laughs> like literally, the lady grew up eighteen miles away from my house and like literally never gets to win ever in anything ever. And I'm just like. Just one time can I see a title on that yeah. lady or, or winning or anything, but whatever. Yeah. Speaking of matches yeah. that should have been cut from this pay-per-view, American top team of Ethan Page, Scorpio Sky, and can't win in a real fight, so she went to fake fighting Paige Van Zandt, but she's hot, so she gets away with it. I'm not bitter Boy, about she, that she's, or anything. She's no Ronda Rousey, I'm going to tell you that right now. Dude, Paige Van Zandt is a cutie patootie. She's a hottie totty. She has got a smoking body. She's just all personality. She can't fight worth a shit, dude. I have seen Paige Van... If Paige Van Zandt looked like me, she would not have gotten in the UFC. Okay? That's that's the facts. You look at some of the best UFC women's fighters, they're not all attractive. Some of them are. But some of these women, like Joanna Jvekovich, she's awesome. She's just the best fighter, one of the best fighters they've got. Not particularly attractive. Some people find her. Not I. Um, some of these other women, like I said, they get by because they got skills and they should have all the praise and all the glory for the skills that they have. Paige Van Zant got to the UFC because she's fucking smoking hot. She can't fight for shit. And it annoys the living piss out of me now that she, yeah. like, she fucking fails out of the UFC. She fails out of bare knuckle. And so she shows up here and, oh, look, I'm in a marquee match because I'm Paige Van Zant. Oh, to be a hot woman and have people throw opportunities at your feet. Yeah. Says the mad bearded guy. Ty Conte <laughs> definitely carried her that whole time. Like she was doing it's... judo flips and okay. stuff. Speaking to of to hot women who can... good. Speaking of hot women who can wrestle, Ty Conte. Yeah. yeah. She you can go. tell that she was carrying it the whole time. And, and annoyed um, to be doing so, by the way. Yeah. The only thing I want out of this whole mix or whatever is I want Ethan Page to be pushed somewhere. I like <laughs> Ethan Page. The guy is, if you ever meet him, he is like literally like the sparkle in the eye. Like you're like, you're just too beautiful to be a man in this world. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, he's like an 
uber geek like i geeked out with him over like x-men 92 for like 30 minutes once and he's like, he, he's also the one guy who can say he defeated his video game self on a pay-per-view yes that's when he not karate man that's not <laughs> something to be proud of um that's very <laughs> i i disagree <laughs> but sammy i like sammy Guevara. He's going to kill himself one of these days. And speaking of Jeff Hardy, he's going to kill himself one of these days in these matches, diving headfirst off ladders and shit. But for right now, he seems to be doing well. And he's he's got, I mean, like, really, don't we all want to be Sammy Guevara right now? Hot, young, your girlfriend is Ty Conti. The world is your oyster. If you don't want to be Sammy Guevara, you're not a man. That's my opinion. He's yeah. doing awesome. <laughs> I, I just wish this match wasn't a pay-per-view because it was a goddamn waste of time. And have I mentioned how much I hate Paige Van Zandt? Go ahead, Chris. No. <laughs> oh, let, let's let's talk. Of, let's do a thirty-minute discourse on Frankie Kazarian. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I, I was I, like, I'm gonna go get a sandwich. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to talk about this at all. What, okay, what I'll say cool. is that the the the, the heat behind uh, Sammy Guevara and Ty Conte uh, is the purpose of this match to get this out here. And mm. I don't know why you have heels mixing with heels. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I guess you're trying to turn top team face, maybe. maybe? I, I don't know where we're going. Dan Lambert's the most natural heel in the fucking company. Why? I know, but why are you face? why are you pairing them with another two molten hot heels? Mm-hmm. You know, with uh, it it just makes sense. Anyway, you're, you're... The, the match was fine. Paige Van Zandt can't wrestle for shit. Ty Conte made her look <laughs> like she was ridiculous. And uh, I, you know, Ethan Page and uh, Sammy really saved this thing. And Sam and Frankie Kazarian was there, everybody. Woohoo! Frankie <laughs> and, Kazarian. I'm Frankie and, Kazarian. Nobody gives a fuck. And Frankie Kazarian showed up. I Did don't he? understand. <laughs> who <Did> who cares? <laughs> was he in the match? Yes. <laughs> he, he's oh. listed as such. I don't remember him. I, I was um, drinking a lot of rum that night. All right. Uh, anyway. <laughs> so, do you want to say anything else about this ridiculous match, or can we move on, Neil? Oh, let's move. Kyle O'Reilly in a match that should have been cut from this pay-per-view defeated Darby Allen. What the fuck happened to Darby Allen? Like Darby oh, Allen boy. Was, did Dan Housen walk in and they were like, fuck Darby Allen. We don't need him anymore. This we hey, 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 do you remember when the snow used to fall and Sting used to come to the <laughs> ring with me and we had this big push and I rode my skateboard and hey, and I had these big vignettes and now I don't have any of that and I'm wrestling shitty <laughs> Kyle O'Reilly on a pay-per-view match that nobody gave a shit for. Oh my god, dude, this is where the whole paper <sighs> dies for me. Like Yeah, it me too. Yeah, this this back half is like ugh. Go ahead, Neil. Ooh. I'm not gonna lie, I'm gonna one hundred tell you the truth. Uh I went outside and smoked a cigarette. And yeah. Like, good choice. I, yeah, I, good I, choice. I, I missed I, I took a good ten minute walk outside for a minute out of the movie theater, came back, was refreshed for the next match. <laughs> right. When Kyle O'Reilly was doing the MMA hipster metalhead douchebag thing in NXT, I was yeah. like, I'm going to let I'm going to allow it on probation. I'm I'm going <laughs> to <laughs> Judge Rattledge <laughs> Judge Rattledge gave Kyle O'Reilly hipster douchebag metalhead MMA guy probation for that gimmick. I'm like, yeah. let's see how cuz cuz I can, I can be I don't know if you know this about me, Neil, uh, but I can be a little judgmental. <laughs> really? Um, no, I, I know. I don't come <laughs> across true. that way. I very not true. Accepting. I don't see it. No, I. I, I, I swear you, we did a two-hour episode um, just me and you about eighteen and nineteen. <laughs> I think I heard I had plenty of opinions. that <laughs> during the but whole uh, invasion talk. I, <laughs> I, I am fair and impartial. Anyway, <laughs> like like Bill O'Reilly. So what I'm saying is that. 
uh, I tend, you know, like sometimes I look at like Kyle O'Reilly and I see him in the hat and the denim outfit and everything. And I'm just like, no, guilty off, off television. And I'm like, no, <laughs> let's give it a chance. Give it a chance. I did. He ended up in AEW. That's what happens when I give people a chance. Should have just thrown him in prison. This so, is... yeah, so I like, so I like Kyle O'Reilly's but point that I'm trying to get to. Mm -hmm. Kyle O'Reilly is one of these guys where he's always he's Arn Anderson. He's always going to be a solid mid card, upper mid card guy. He's always going to be there to back up the Ric Flair's and Adam Cole's of the world. Putting him in this like marquee position though against a guy that they were pushing to the moon a month ago was a is, giant is, waste of time. Is this a marquee position? It's high up on the. It's if you're on pay per view. I mean, unless we're I mean, no, now have a discussion this, of no, this, this is your pay per view doesn't this mean is, it's this a marquee. Is the fourth thing. match before the it's the fourth the fourth the last, so that's not a good position. <laughs> I understand Jer it's in the million. Jericho would have like I mean, Brock Lesnar would have walked out on the show. <laughs> Jericho would have been pissed, you know. Like, I understand in the middle of four hundred matches, it doesn't Jericho mean anything. Time. But it's just, but being on pay per view used to mean something. I guess yeah. I guess it doesn't um, anymore. I think this I was think... the piss break segment. Yeah, exactly. Go smoke a cigarette. Dude, how, what do you have, diabetes? How often do you have to piss? We just had a piss break segment with Paige Van Zandt. Jesus, by the time we got here, we're nine hours in, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> I remember. My my daughter, daughter, my babies, babies have been born. Russia's now our friend. Everything has happened. sitting next to me was like, uh, it's 11 o'clock, and don't we have, like, four more matches? Okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, praise be to Melissa Rattledge. Praise her. All, all men of this world with Snapchat. Because she had the funniest comment of the night when um, it was, oh, it was after an Anarchy in the Arena. And she was like, that's great. Can we go to bed now? And I'm like, there's still two matches left. And she just goes, Fuck. Like you can see the words appear out of thin air and go across the room. She's like, "Are you fucking kidding me? It's one o'clock in the morning, and there's still two more matches left." I'm like, "Yeah, we still have." So it's like, "What are they?" I'm like, "CM Punk versus Hangman Adam Page." She was like, "Fuck," because <laughs> we knew we weren't getting to bed anytime soon. By the time we got to the second to last match in this pay-per-view, literally the concession stands were closed. Like, everybody was gone in the movie theater except for the people inside the AEW movie theater. <laughs> yeah. They were, like, the sending grips and best boys out in the stands. Fill up seats, for fuck's sake. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you you had that you had that one uh, disgruntled popcorn employee who's spitting on, uh, spitting on food. Just, just who's waiting there the to popcorn. For He's like, fuck all y'all. Yeah. I gotta close this place down. <laughs> These idiot wrestling fans are Jay, wasting my time. No, they didn't. The people at the theater didn't even know how long this was gonna go, and they were just to the point where they're like, "Are you serious?" And we're like, like we will "Yeah, guys, you, we will give you tickets to free movies if you just fuck off." <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of fuck off, Thunder Rosa took on Serena Deeb. Serena Deeb, quite frankly, the best technical worker among the women in modern wrestling. Thunder really Rosa, she's not bad in her own right. Yeah. Something here, it wasn't technically bad, but it didn't hit that level of smooth either. It was just kind of clunky, but not incompetent. No, it really built itself around like counters and like elaborate yeah. submission holds and stuff, which I, right. I like it. I like that mat wrestling. So I was kind of a fan of this. Mm -hmm. um, and again, I did just have a 10 minute break. So I came back <laughs> in, I was fresh. I wanted to see this. Uh, Thunder Rosa. Uh, and 
Deves are both just two of my favorite women wrestlers right mm-hmm. now. And um, was it an A plus match? No, but it was better than what I saw <laughs> earlier for the, the last game. three hours. Um, yeah. Here's the thing: Thunder Rosa, when she works with like a traditional wrestling worker, like a Britt Baker, I think she does really well. I think Thunder Rosa works best with another traditional worker. I mm. don't think she works well with shooters, and that's where the problem was. I think in this, if I if I really analyze it, Serena Deeb works a shoot style, and it's great. And Serena Deeb is awesome, and put all the belts on her. Um, but I don't and think shave her head. <laughs> shave her head, yeah. Uh, and I, but I don't think Thunder Rosa knows quite what to do with that kind of style, Chris. Okay, placement is the problem here. Uh, the Britt Baker match. That particular match should have been where this one is right now. The, mm-hmm. the this match, uh, you you don't put it after a Kyle O'Reilly Darby Allen sleeper where the crowd is completely dead. Just think about that. You're you're, mm-hmm. you're the booker and you're going, okay, we're going to shit the bed on this match with Kyle O'Reilly. We're going <laughs> to bore the fans to tears. What's going to wake him up? I know two hot wrestlers doing submission holds. Mm-hmm. Right. No, this is not the answer. This is where you put Britt Baker. This is where you put Rancid, open him up. This is where you get the crowd back into it singing Ruby Soho. Yeah. Unfortunately, we got this, and I think it, the placement hurt the match. Like you guys said, there's nothing wrong with this match. Nuts and bolts, pretty sound. It was just okay, and I think placement killed it. That's all. All right. In the match that killed my son and made him leave leave the room, I brought him out to watch this match because we enjoy a good chair shot to the head. We like our death matches, my son and I. This is bonding, sir. This is I see your judgmental eyes, Neil. This is father and son bonding time to watch grown men impale themselves on barbed wire. This is nice. This is how you parent. Hashtag hashtag parenting. <laughs> so I, I called my son out, the, the fruit of my loins, the joy of my life, the apple of my eye, and said, come watch these wrestlers mutilate themselves. It'll be fun for the whole family. And so he snuggled up between his mother and I, and we watched, and like five minutes into it, he was like, fuck this shit, flipped the table over and walked out of the room. Um, he may not have said, fuck this shit, he's eight. But in my mind, <laughs> that, <laughs> that's what I heard. And uh, my son Jonas did not enjoy the Jericho Appreciation Society. Of, I have no idea who any of these people are, by the way. So I know Chris Jericho and I know Jake Hager. Daniel Garcia, Angela Parker, and Matt Menard might as well have been clones. I have no idea what the who these people are. And then there's the Blackpool Combat Club of Brian Danielson, John Moxley, Eddie Kingston, Santana Ortiz. Them I know. So this was a little over 20 minutes. Everyone likes to make fun of Kevin Dunn in his direction style as far as not being able to keep on a shot as somebody who, and Neil, I think you can appreciate this because you also do a film podcast. Leaving the fucking camera still is a thing. It's a thing that happens. It's what makes movies good. Doing, doing Batman V Superman-esque supercuts where nothing is in focus and everything is all over the place and the audience can't settle on anything isn't good storytelling. They, like I've watched football fuckery in the past. Those were fine. They would actually stay with a pair of wrestlers for more than two seconds. This one, I don't know what meth head junkie was in the truck at AEW, but couldn't focus on a single shot. This was ridiculous. I couldn't follow a thing in this match. When you lose the eight-year-old, when the eight-year-old can't follow the action because it's too all over the place and there's too many cuts, you done fucked up. <laughs> go everyone go backstage kill the witch again start over 
the reference to my junior high Wizard of Oz play. Neil, what the hell, man? Man, I don't know what you watched. Because, uh, <laughs> like, All right, good uh, night, hang honest, on, good night, everybody. Wait a second now. <laughs> Because uh, literally across the board, this uh, every single place I'm looking right now has either an A plus, an A, or an A minus. Oh, like, these are the people that think th- Spider Man should have gotten a fucking Oscar nomination. Blow me. This sucked. This was... <laughs> uh, after a four month buildup of these two factions, <laughs> okay. a four month buildup yeah. of wrestlers you just don't know because you didn't watch for. <laughs> Four months. I have shit to do. I got shit to we do, man. We all saw it. We saw Jericho. I'm sorry I pounds. go out with people and don't sit home watching nameless, faceless, boring wrestlers blow Jericho on a weekly basis. Uh, Dude, <laughs> I've been to more concerts in the last week than you have in three months. Anyway, like. All right. Like, like, and I still watch <laughs> all the wrestling and all the movies. Just sleep less. Who needs sleep more than four hours? Anyway. All right. You, you got me. Um, I sleep on my own petard. All right. But anyway. <laughs> uh, so I was like a really big fan of it. Yeah, the shaky camera at the beginning was kind of lit. But they wanted to do that because if um, Jericho wanted to make it look like they were kind of going a little crazy because they wanted that music playing for a little while. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to be the guy that's like, I hate rock and roll so much. I need to destroy the soundboard. You know, like, and they did that spot. Um, I thought it wasn't the worst shaky camera event by any means. I mean, uh, Al Snow versus, uh, what, Steve Blackman in the freaking river where he throws him in there. Anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, that, that was... Oh, good times. Or, or, or was that Hardcore Holly? I can't remember. Anyway, um, so, but I thought this was really good. And I think everybody had some really good spots in this. I think it uh, made Jericho, uh, the Jericho Appreciate Society, actually more over because what you're trying to do in that Jericho, in that Appreciation Society, is try to build these other superstars that, you know, that's the whole reason he left Inner Circle because originally it was going to be Inner Circle 2.0. And he's like, no, let's start something brand new. I bring in Jake again because, you know, he's just around here what all the time. What else are you going to do? Yeah, and he goes, but I can build some new stars here. And mm-hmm. they did. And to be honest, even losing Eddie Kingston, Santana Ortiz, Brandon Lanson, and John Moxley still had, I mean, either way, you can't be upset with any of these wrestlers at the end of this match. I mean, it was, in, I liked in, it. I, I was in defense of, of the match, what when they actually slowed the camera down, and I don't know if they, if they just, like, released ether into the truck, you know, or gave, gave him some vodka to calm the fuck down, whatever, or to just push them out of the truck entirely and had an adult run the thing. When they could finally focus on a shot and let some action happen, I actually liked the finish of this match. I thought the finish was great. And there was, you know, <coughs> it was obviously some cool action when you could focus on it, but it was just so frenetic in the beginning. It, it was, I had, a, like I said, the Wait eight-year-old couldn't keep his attention on it, and I couldn't. I couldn't focus on it either. So that's two different perspectives from like varying age groups. But so you're saying the cameras were all messed up, like it was anarchy in an arena. Chris Bailey, what did you think? <laughs> Eddie Kingston with a gas can. Eddie Kingston <laughs> with a gas can. All yeah. you needed. 
all you needed. Uh, the crowd mm -hmm. was hot for this. Uh, Jericho had the Appreciation Society. Listen, he's trying to connect every heat-seeking button in professional wrestling. He calls them sports entertainers. He dresses them as the Backstreet Boys coming out. Yeah. <laughs> Eddie, Kingston. yeah. Eddie Kingston with the gas can. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable. Uh, I mean, you know, when you got – tell you one thing. That I that I see in my in my mind's eye, Eddie Kingston is going to be that Mick Foley who wins that world title. Mm -hmm. He's going to have that moment, and people are going to absolutely love it because they love this guy, and he gives them something every single time, win, lose, or draw. And Eddie coming down over that ramp covered in blood with the gas cane was the story of this match. I loved it. Yep, it was good stuff. Um, just wish it was shot better. All right, uh, in a match that really should have been cut, Jurassic Express versus Keith Lee and Swerve. And Team Taz, this was twenty, almost 20 minutes, 17 minutes, 15 seconds. It was probably 14 minutes too long, Neil. Uh, yeah, well, the reason is because the wrong people won. Uh, Jurassic Express, I, I, they need to, they tease that, they've teased that uh, Chris Jer... Keep going. You're okay, good. Yeah. No, you're okay. fine. So they tease that whole... Um, you know, Jericho, uh, not Jericho, but they tease that whole Jungle Boy Christian thing for like the mm -hmm. last year where it seems like Christian's going to turn on them or something right. like that. They just need to go play that out. Uh, mm -hmm. Jungle Boy and Lucasaurus doesn't need to be the tag team champions. I really think Keith Lee and Swerve were the two that needed to win the titles here to push them up a little bit more. And because uh, Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland are hot right now, they're 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 the tag team everybody is watching. So mm -hmm. I just think it's a bad decision to have Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus win over this. If they would have gone a different way and we gave uh, new talent, you know, the belts, I think this would have gone over better. By this point in the pay per view, I just wanted to see Adam Page and CM Punk. I could not give a shit less about this, Chris. Unmute yourself. There you go. <laughs> you're uh, you're muted again. You're muted. Still muted. <laughs> you're not muted anymore. Okay. All right, all right. So here's the deal. Um, do you remember when Hulk Hogan lifted Randy Savage on his shoulder, and Randy Savage looked at him like, "Oh, brother, that's my Elizabeth." Remember that? Same yeah. thing. So Jungle uh, Jurassic Express wins. Christian lifts Jungle Boy up on his shoulders in celebration. Typically what Luchasaurus does, all of a sudden, Luchasaurus looks over his head and says, Oh, brother, I don't know about this. Uh -huh, what's going on? I'm telling you, this is all about seed planting, and they're doing the Mega Power seed breakup right here. So this win is just another layer in the storyline. It's it's the moments that Chris Sheehan talks about in, in this thing, and the only thing that you really need to focus on is that Christian Cage is slowly threading that needle of trying to take Jungle Boy away from Luchasaurus and turn him into his own individual star. So that's coming down the road, brother. That's that's literally it. But I, I agree with everything Neil said about uh, about Swerve and Lee. They should have won this match. But you know what? When you're telling the, the tapestry of the story, that's all this needed to be. All right. And finally, after 12 hours, we finally get to our main event. Hangman, Adam Page versus CM Punk. And I'll tell you, my only thought about this match, it was it was fine. Um, I think the right guy won. Uh, I think it was a finely wrestled match. I think part of the 
air coming out of me out of the room with this match is that it just it took so long to get to so by the time you get there i'm like i'm just exhausted please end this but <laughs> i think if i go back and i just watch the match in and of itself dude and hangman adam page gets up for everybody cm punk is you know a consummate professional whether you love him or hate him um he you know he gets up for everybody they worked well together it was a solid match what i want to talk about is how aew can build up to a moment you know wardlow mjf Adam Page beating Kenny Omega. They they can build up to something. It's always the day after. It's always the follow-up that becomes the problem. So, yes, we all stained our pants. We all created a mess. We all slept in a puddle the night Adam Page beat Kenny Omega. It was great. We, we, we were all waiting for it. And then the next day, everything about Adam Page's run has been kind of meh. He's had some great matches, no doubt. Yeah, His matches with Daniel Bryan you know chef's kiss the hour-long hour-long match that i did i was at and i we didn't even the people in the arena were like Mm -hmm. wait a minute it's 32 minutes that now it's 35 what what is this going (laughs) a whole hour right (laughs) so adam page daniel those matches with daniel bryan were, were fantastic he's had some fun moments he's had some fun matches but overall i would tell you that his run with the title as as taken as a whole has been lackluster and here's the thing. I've said that a couple of times now about AEW, where they build to a great moment, they, grill, they, they build to a crescendo, and their falling action usually doesn't live up to uh, live up to snuff. And so I, I'm watching CM Punk win this title, and sure, everyone's like, yay, he came back. He said a thing. He did a stuff. And now he wins a title. And now what? And since I've seen the pattern in AEW of not having good follow-up, I'm a little reticent to stay excited about a cm punk title run i think now it's just hold your breath and wait for him to drop it to somebody else neil no i think uh this is the third summer of punk um if you don't know the first summer of punk was ring of honor second summer of punk was wwe now this is aew summer of punk um i think the problem they're having is going to be fixed with having punk as the champion because Punk was really good at building stars back even in WWE, even in Mm -hmm. Ring of Honor. And I think this will give opportunity for people to actually, because he'll build a good program. Because all you have to do is give him like two shows in between before a pay-per-view and and he can build a program with somebody. So I think that's what you get when you, I mean, get CM Punk. I mean, what Eric Bischoff said, he was like, but the the biggest flop in AEW oh. history, and Tony Khan laughed at like at the press conference after he goes, CM Punk's made more money for this company than the entire roster. Yeah, <laughs> like, um, yeah he so, really went wild on that, like really over the top. Like, yeah, he's basically like, "F you, shut up." <laughs> like, he did. Tony he Khan. actually did say that. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Tony Khan did a bump before he came out, or whatever. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> I hope it was, it was a little intense. But um, I, I think this is. I, I agree with break, you with like the Kenny Omega, rat, the Adam Page, and uh, like mm-hmm. where they're mm-hmm. they're after they win. Yeah, it takes forever to find that person to go against or whatever. But uh, I don't think they're going to have that problem with CM Punk because I think CM Punk's creative enough that he's going to be able to lead them into better matches for the championship. We'll see. I think uh, I think the next one is what All Out. Next pay per view. Yeah, it's, it's September All Out. Well, we'll we'll 
we'll all come back together and we'll see what happens because by all out we'll know um uh, chris your thoughts on the main event yeah sure um cm punk i say three to four month title reign i don't think it's going to be a long one like you said i think you might get us through the summer um if if he's in the middle of dynamite celebrating and it's all about that boom comes on him, the TV's coming off my wall and I'm throwing it right out the door. I, if, <laughs> if, 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 they, if, if they start him with a dumb feud, they really need to bring in a killer like Miro. Start with Miro out of the gate. Someone yeah. fresh, someone new, something to just, you just know, put the boom. fucking title on Miro. What the hell, man? Maybe that's the end game. Maybe that's something that you bring on. You know what I mean? Like maybe he's, is Eddie Kingston the guy to to finally take him out, or you, you know what I mean? Who, who knows? There's so much potential and so many matchups. If I'm Don't... running a if I'm running AEW, I I'll give Neil his summer of Punk. That's fine. But then Miro murders CM Punk and eats his bones. Why, then... why do I get the, Why do I get the feeling it's just going to be like stupid matches against like Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole. I'd like, I, if that's going to be the rain, I just don't want to see it. Give Plus, me I mean, some I, new fresh talent. I, I think, yeah. I think, but I think that has to happen because we still have to get through beach break or whatever the hell the summer one's called fighter fest, fight for the fallen, fight your mom, fight everybody. We have to get through mm-hmm. all those events over the summer. They oh, need oh, add- one thing I, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. One thing I did want to bring up was CM Punk missing that buckshot lariat twice was <laughs> outstanding and i love it to the point where uh right at the end of the match uh there's there's a video of he's sitting in the middle of the ring and he's celebrating and he's on the mic and he's thanking the fans and all that stuff and he realizes he said uh can you please remind me never do the buckshot lariat again and that, yes. that was that was hilarious <laughs> and that he was hilarious said, he even said in the news co- in the news conference afterwards he was like he's like i did that in practice so many times perfect and then i'm on television and messed up twice <laughs> it's like how but um <coughs> what i really think they need to do is they need to bring in trios titles a trios title so then we can get rid of that whole adam cole kyle o'reilly that's their own match somewhere else has nothing to do with a championship belt with the main championship belt so we can get those trios all into their little Mix, Call it know? the the trios dark title, so we don't have okay. to watch it at all. all right. So if, if if the if the if the ambassadors from Reddit would be silent for just a moment, congregation, please be seated. Let the pastor talk to you. Here's what needs to happen. And I've heard I've heard these visions. I've heard these ideas from God Himself, who speaks to me, and I will speak to you for God. Uh, we need to just have CM Punk go through the Kyle O'Reilly's and the Adam Coles all through the summer. Do all of that. Get your fight for the fallen and your fighter fest out of there. And then we get to all out. And Miro. Miro is the answer, don't you understand? Miro, sent from God. God's hand will then destroy CM Punk and send him into the upper stratosphere and have Miro just run a train. A Josh Alexander-esque train through the AEW roster, and then at Revolution, the only man left, gas can in hand, battered, war-torn, Eddie Kingston. I'm telling you, it would, the place would, the place would explode. Give Eddie Kingston a, you know, not a homegrown talent, but Mm -hmm. a AEW favorite. Mm -hmm. Just that, that sentimental crowd favorite. The guy, the every man that sits in those seats, he's, I talked about representation with Hook, he is 
now our representation. He looks yeah. like us. He feels like <laughs> us. He is us. That's right a sad now. state of affairs that like our guy is. is Eddie Kingston. I'm, I feel bad about myself now. I'm gonna go to the. But gym. he sits there. He says exactly what's on his mind. He tie. Mm. You know, he does the Steve Austin. Probably better than Steve Austin ever did, to be quite honest with you. Yeah. And I, uh, man, the guy can go in the ring, and uh, I, th I think it's his time at the end of the punk run. I think that Miro, uh, Miro, and yeah, to then, defeat Miro, he needs to be someone strong. A, a year from now. Big show. <laughs> oh my God! Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Here, here's the pattern. Look, Miro, Miro, Eddie Kingston. A year from now, Eddie yep. Kingston versus Kenny Omega. That's, and that's I think you, should, I think you should do it impromptu though. Like, you know what I mean? Like, have have Eddie Kingston fill in for somebody. Have another guy advertise, and then Kingston sure. is the fill in, and then just gets the shock win out of nowhere. The that's what we do. Thing. Have the WWE WWE thing. When you fill in with the other guy, give him the belt. Right. I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna say like either do John Moxley or Daniel Bryan in that case. Like build towards, yep. build towards Miro versus Daniel Bryan or John Moxley, and have keep, so the keep the Blackpool thing going. But then, like, put one of those guys in the all-out main event. They get attacked from behind. Maybe have, maybe bring back Jericho, hit him with a bat. And then it's like, well, who's going to fight Miro? Some, send me somebody. And out comes Eddie Kingston. Boom. Everybody's oh, pants man. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. You, you don't yeah. lose. You don't lose with that end, end game. Yeah. Yep. And, I, I, man, and Eddie Kingston's promo, I like that when he just came out and he was like, I don't want to talk. Why are we talking? I want to fight. <laughs> you know, like, I love that. Oh. Yeah, uh, I'd have to agree. He does Eddie Kingston that. is your drunk uncle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> good old drunk uncle Kingston. All right, guys, this was fun. Um, I, uh, I, Neil, did you have a good time today? You have fun talking friends, uh, talking wrestling with your friends. I mean, you know, you made fun of, uh, you know, uh, let's see, you made fun of Jericho, you made fun of Danhausen, <laughs> you made fun of uh, pretty much everybody I like. So screw you, but yeah, I had a great time. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to the show, pal. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, we'll bring you back. Uh, hey, a couple of weeks, we got um, AEW versus New Japan, which I am like super. I'm looking forward more to mm -hmm. that than I was WrestleMania. Uh, this Forbidden Door show. I don't even know what's yes. on it yet. I haven't looked. That is Sunday night, June 26th. So we'll review it um, on the 29th of June. So hopefully, Neil, you'll, uh, you'll have some free time and you can come back and I can make more, make more fun of your heroes. No, dude, I, I'll rip you apart next time. I'll write down lyrics. I'll, I'll write down I mean, I just can't believe out of all 6,000 languages on this planet, the only language you know how to do is talk shit. Uh, so, like, <laughs> like I just Woo! don't get it. Wait a minute now. Wait a minute. Here we go. <laughs> Bravo, my friend. Bravo. Hey, you know, if you got me a little more in the day when I'm, you know, <laughs> more awake. Neil's fired up now. He's like, what? Oh, man. Yeah, now I got all the freaking uh, the, the caffeine in me. I'm, I'm going to have to go do some chores or something. I gotta go oh, my God. I, I, think we, I, I think we need to give him the shirt to the podsman. My God, I feel like that one, that earned that earned the, the Roma spot at least. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> You motherfuckers. All right. Um, Chris Bailey, Chris Bailey, Chris Bailey. Come down off your roof. Tell your wife uh, what's going on and then say it to the people. As soon as you're done angry dragoning yourself. Why does he keep muting himself constantly? Well, he was okay? he was drinking there. He wasn't he wasn't, oh. he wasn't quite ready for all this jelly at that particular moment. I uh, oh. I, I have I have the COVID. <laughs> do you really I do. Can't? 
I do. My, my co-host. I, I've, actually, I've, uh, I've been I've, I've been yeah. I've been trying to cover up my cough the entire show. Sorry. Oh, dude. The, the first time I did uh, this wrestling with you was Battle of the Belts, mm-hmm. and yep. when we did Battle of the Belts, I had COVID so bad the whole time, and I was trying Wait, to you, hide it. You legit have COVID, Bailey? I'm home. I'm when stuck. Did, yes. When did that happen? We talk every day, and you're like this wrestling thing and that thing, and like you don't bother to tell me about that. I'm sad. No, man. I uh, I got it Sunday. Oh shit! I'm sorry. Yep. Yeah. All right. I'm doing name? I'm doing fine, man. I just got a stupid runny nose and a shitty cough. I'm good. All right. Cool. Do your plugs. So, i tell you what. We just came off Superblog Team-Up. Uh, we talked Image Comics. Boy, that was a lot of fun. So, if you want to check out Superblog Team-Up, hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Charlton underscore Hero. Hit us up on hashtag SBTU, hashtag Superblog Team-Up. We covered Image Comics. We did a great uh, a great interview with, uh, with Jesse Starcher for Superhero Satellite Episode 3 right here on the W2M Network with the Radlish and Broadcasting Gang. And, of course, the, the full interview can be found over on the Wizards Podcast Guide to Comics with Mr. Dave Olbrich talking Malibu Comics and Image Comics. Take a look for that. And I'll be right back here with Mr. Mark Radlish talking some Forbidden Door a little bit later on this month. Can't wait. You'll be back. You'll actually be back next week. Um, Hell in the Cell oh, right. is June 5th. I knew 5th. that. Yes, Hell in the Cell is June 5th. We will be reviewing it June 7th. Uh, presumably, Christine will be there. Um, maybe, maybe not. We, I guess we'll find out. Yep. Uh, he he is a wizard. He comes when he means to. Um, speaking of wizards, we also... This has been Terminator week. It's the week of my birthday, so I don't want to record all that much. But um, So Monday, we dropped our 2015 review of Terminator Genesis. But I did record, as a matter of fact. Ha- me and Harry Broadhurst uh, did the best of the collective. So we had already done reviews for Effie's Big Day Brunch, Bloodsport, and For the Culture, and Joey Janela's Spring Break. Uh, this was our chance to play catch up with the rest of the 97 shows of the collective. We gave our top 10, the best uh, the best five matches, the ones we'd already watched. Uh, we touched on each show. We had a really fun discussion. Pat Mullen was there to tell us we were wrong and everything that we said, which is always a good time. And then he made fun of my daughter for being a feminist. You know, a almost forty-year-old man picked on an eleven-year-old, bullied an eleven-year-old girl. It's wow! Um, <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> Nothing if I, if you know what's good for you. Um, and then uh, yesterday we dropped our uh, long road to ruin discussion from a few years back on the first three Terminator movies. Uh, we were supposed to do a triple feature celebrating the beginning of LGBTQ plus uh, Pride Month: uh, Stonewall, Basic Instinct, and I'm a Cheerleader. Uh, we might be doing that tonight, depending on how the rest of my night goes, as well as we might be doing a review of Death Leopard, uh, Diamond Star Halos, uh, depending on how the rest of my night goes. Tomorrow, uh, I'm going to take my family to go. It's my birthday. I'm 46 years young, and I'm taking my family to go see Bob's Burgers. In the meantime, oh. yeah. In the meantime. Well, listen, at, at least there'll be four people paid to see that movie. That's great. At least. Um, we'll be dropped first part of our Terminator. Everyone loves a bad guy. I think it's the very, very first. Everyone loves a bad guy that Robert ever did. So the part one that I'm on will be airing tomorrow. And then part two, which was done several years later for some odd reason, will air on June 3rd. In the meantime, Chris Bailey, I'm having a birthday party and nobody's invited except my two best friends, Robert Winfrey and Jesse Starcher. And you want to know why my birthday, my birthday, my exclusive birthday party is going to be us talking the latest david simon jam we own this city be oh, yeah, jealous yeah. be oh, jealous my God. I, I i am i mean nipples hard and everything i don't understand i understand yes we will be talking <laughs> we own this city the latest david simon jam that's how i want to spend my birthday um at least on my birthday <laughs> i can i can tell you how i'm spending my birthday on saturday but that's a private conversation 
And uh, then that's that. And Saturday, uh, we have an Everyone Loves a Bad Guy that features on features dinosaurs and dragons, and that's gearing up for the release of Jurassic World Dominion. So check out all of the Rattle Legend broad- broadcasting content on W2M Net for Neil and his every uh, movies that don't suck and some that do. And for Chris of the Superblog team up, I'm Mark Rattledge, and I have opinions. And I'm going to tell those opinions to you in vascular detail. Be well, be safe, and behave.